On this morning, uh, we'll be coming from the book of Joshua, the seventh chapter. We'll begin at the 10th verse. We'll go through the 13th verse. Amen. And I guess at some point I will enlighten you on the, the subject of this. Amen. At some point. Amen. But I pray that you receive revelation even in your own reading of this. Amen. amen. Joshua, the seventh chapter, the 10th through the 13th verse. And before I begin, do we have anyone here who is a member of a large family? Large family, extended family. We have anybody who is a member of the armed forces, has been or is now? That, okay, army of the Lord. Do we have anybody in here who has ever been a member of an athletic team or who is currently a member of an athletic team? Do we have any? I see Moan got her. She had an AKA uh, jacket on earlier. Do we have anyone who is a member of a Greek fraternity or sorority? Has been, is, amen. And so with all that being said, there's a common thread in all that, amen. And that common thread is even as a child growing up and you had brothers and you had sisters, if one person did something, everybody got a whooping. Everybody got a whooping. Even one who told got a whooping. Because if you can come and tell me what they did, you could have told them not to do it, amen? In athletics, on a basketball or football team, amen, if one person messed up, Lord, everybody got to run, amen? Member of the Army, somebody mess up, everybody getting smoked, amen? I remember one time when I was in uh, basic training, and lights out was like maybe 9, 10 o'clock, and... You weren't supposed to be doing anything but sleeping, amen? And our drill sergeant came in, and there was a guy who had, uh, was writing a letter. He was writing a letter home to his girlfriend, amen? And the drill sergeant, they was, they was sneaky. They were stealthy, amen? You never knew when they, they were coming in. They were kind of like your mama, amen? It seemed as though your mama would show up right when you about to do the most stupidest of things, Amen? They just got that intuition, and, and the drill sergeant came in, and this guy, he had uh, the blanket over his head, and he had the flashlight on, and he was writing a letter to his girlfriend, and the drill sergeant came in, and he made all of us, all of us, do push-ups until he finished writing that letter. He was on the very first page, and he made him, I think, write a three-page paper or a letter to his girlfriend. And so what I'm trying to say is that the actions of one person can affect the whole body. The actions of one member can affect the whole body, amen? And, and we see that in the lives of the Israelites, amen? And it's a contrast of sorts because we see in the very beginning that the actions of Rahab affected her, the members of her family in a blessing, amen? And we see the actions of Achan affect his family in a very negative way. Amen. Right. We are connected. As, as Pastor LaShawn said on a time before, we are meant to do this together. Amen. And so scriptures tells us in Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, it, it's outlining the body of Christ. Amen. And it talks about Christ being the head, which he is the head. Amen. And it says, but speaking the truth in love 
may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Amen. And so this year we have named this to be the year of progression. Amen. This is the year of progression, of moving forward. And I dare say this, that for the church to move forward, there can be no progression without growth. Each member of the body has a role of helping the other members to grow. Amen. That's what this scripture is telling us. Amen. The members minister to each other. Amen. And the term minister means to serve each other. Amen. We're to serve each other's needs. And I can't minister with you if I'm being messy with you. Amen. Because ministering is the building up of people. Messiness is the tearing down of people. Amen. And so we are to serve each other. We are to serve the needs of each other. And that's one of the greatest things about the human body is that in the human body, God designed the human body to heal itself. Look it up. That's one of the greatest things about the human body. The body can heal itself when given rest, when given doing the right thing. Amen. But instead of us growing together, we're growing apart. We're becoming disjointed. Amen. And the term joint means having contact with each other. It means that we have contact with each other. Somebody say joint. What does that mean? Y'all listening. We are joined together. We are fitted together for the will of the Father. Amen. And as each member is effective in their calling or their function, each member has a calling. Each member has a function. Amen. This causes each member to grow, and it causes the member to grow. That means that the body grows. Amen. So when the member is effective, the body is effective. Y'all, y'all, y'all got me? We, 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 you follow me? Because it's going to get tricky for a minute. Amen? I, I need you to follow me. So we are part of the body. We affect each other. Amen? We impact each other. We strengthen each other. So as a member of the body, we have been specifically placed and purpose where you are to be. You are where you're supposed to be on purpose. You might think it's an accident. But you are, you are where you are on purpose. And the reason why is because your effectiveness is a result of where God deems you necessary to be. You are joined to the right people. You are connected to the right people for a purpose. Amen? Some of us are feeling pressure because God, he is the molder. He's the maker. We're the clay. He is... He is molding, he is making us. And some of us are feeling pressure because you are allowing yourself or you're allowing someone to put you in a place that you were never, de- you were never desi- designed to be. Right. You were never designed to be part of that conversation. You were never designed to be with those people. You were never designed to be in that place. And so can you forego a place where you're good in for a place that God can be God in. Because sometimes where you want to be and where God needs you to be are mutually exclusive. You can be over here where you want to be, 
and not being effective for God. You can be doing your own thing, amen? But are you doing a God thing? And so before we, we, we look in our text, amen, let's, let, let's look at the children of Israel, amen, before they cross over because our, Justin, did you get my text? The subject is, of this is called the crossing, amen? And so the children of Israel, they were put in a place and they were positioned to proceed and to possess the promise. But before they can proceed and possess, they had to be prepared. Before they can see the demonstration, they had to endure the preparation. Promise without preparation leads to devastation, y'all. And so often we are concerned in asking God to prepare a place for us that we forget to ask him to prepare us for the place that we're to go to. A prepared place is for a prepared people. And so some time ago we told you we need to change our perspective because I believe God puts us in position Sometimes so our perspective can change of what friends are, who friends are in our lives, what a blessing is in our lives. Amen. And so that place that you're in, your place of waiting is a place of preparation. And sometimes in your place of preparation, you need operation. You need some things cut off. you. Amen. It's not that God is trying to kill you. He's trying to kill some stuff off of you. He's trying to kill that way that you talk. He's trying to kill that way that you think. He's trying to kill that way that you act, amen, because he's trying to prepare you for your next place. And sometimes, we, and the reason why some of us can't cross over into the place that God wants for us is because we can't let go of our past. We're praying for relationships. We're praying for Good friends, we're praying for godly friends, we're praying for homeboys, homeboys, riders, amen. But you can't let go of no messy friends. You're praying for a good man, a good woman, amen, and, and, and you want a relationship, you want all this stuff, but you can't let go of them bad men and them bad women to your lives, amen. And so God is trying to prepare, trying to prepare us, amen. We say he's not punishing us, amen, he's preparing us, amen. And as he starts to cut you, because we start off as seeds, we're planted, and we start to grow. But part of the growing process is the pruning process, the cutting process. And for some of us, we need to understand that you can't start winning until you start losing. It's a mindset. You have to lose some of them people that you're running with. You got to lose some of them people who are in your ear. You got to lose some of them people that are pulling and drawing on you, Amen. Because you can't start losing until you start winning. You can't advance forward because you got people pulling you back. So it's time to start cutting people off, amen? You can't cross until you cut, amen? And so I'm, I'm, I'm saying that because so many of us are in the place, we're in the proximity of purpose. We're like the children of Israel. He has placed us across from that promise. And I need you to get real excited, amen? I need you to get real excited about this. Because in your proximity of promise, that means that I'm on the verge of victory. Amen. I'm on the cusp of a come up. I'm on the boundary of a breakthrough. I'm on the doorstep of deliverance. I'm about to cross over. I'm about to cross over. Y'all better, I'm, I'm about to cross you over. Amen. See, some of us, y'all ain't getting excited as, as I thought y'all would be because it seems like you have been crying for so long 
You've been losing for so long. You've been sacrificing so long. You're in this place of waiting. And you've done it like a good soldier. Amen. You've endured. Amen. You fainted not. Amen. And so God is telling you it's time. Somebody say it's time. It's time. It's time. I need you to check your clock. It's time. I know last week was daylight savings time, but today it's time. Amen. It's time to cross over. Amen. And I love it because as they crossed over, they were confronted with Jericho. And this, if y'all don't shout about this, something wrong with you. I'm just going to say that now. Y'all need to run to the altar if y'all don't shout about that. Because if y'all ain't shouting about the fact of it's time that you, it's time for you to come out of that place. And for you to receive the promise. If you ain't shouting about that, amen. Okay. So they cross over the Jordan. For some of us, Jordan, Jordan is a natural boundary, amen? It's, it's, it's the river Jordan, amen? And for some of us, we have to cross over some things, amen? Some things that have naturally separated us from our promise, amen? And so they crossed over. And in Joshua 6 and 2, we, we see where God tells Joseph, I mean Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands. It's king and the mighty men of valor. Now, I'm finna play teacher right now, okay? I did a little preaching, now I'm finna do a little teaching. And in my teaching, we look at the formation or the words frame that God spoke. He said, see, I have given Jericho into your hands. And so in school, you would have to underline the verbs, right? Underline the verb. And in this sentence, it's have given. Have given. Now, the words that are spoken, if an English teacher were to tell you, and I'm playing the English teacher right now, it is in the form of the perfect form of the verb tense. What does that mean? It indicates a completed or a perfected action or condition. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. What that means to the believer is that it's already done. It's already done. He says, I have put it into your hands. The devil has had your marriage long enough. The devil has, your, has had your kids long enough. The devil has had your peace long enough. He's had your happiness, your joy long enough. But guess what? It's in your hands now. It's in your hands now. This is the time. It's in your hands. He's been playing rough shot for you for as long as he could, but it's in your hands now. Sickness has had the best of you for so long, but it's in your hands now. Depression has had you for so long, but it's in your hands now. It's already done. Look, he put them in a position where although they did not see the victory, they can shout for victory. What was the last thing he told them on the last day? What did he tell them to do? When the ram's horn went out, they were to do what? Shout. I might not be in position to touch it yet. But I'm in perfect position to shout about it. Amen? I'm talking about somebody who has enough faith that although I don't see it, I believe it. And I'm shouting about it right now. I'm shouting till I see it. Amen? God told you that you would 
have a child. He, he said he would bless you with a child, and you got pregnant. You and your wife, you and your husband, y'all got pregnant, and you get the news, and you shout about it. You got happy about it. Amen? But on a routine visit to the doctor, the doctor, the doctor she sees some things, and, and she's concerned about those things. Amen? And she just wanted to let you know, amen, because she was concerned about them things. And, I'm, doctor, I'm glad that you're concerned, but God has put it in my hands. Amen? And although I don't see that baby, I'm carrying that promise. And I'm shouting about it right now. God told you he's going to give you a job, amen, and you get an interview. you one of 15 people who interview for this job, and you don't nearly have the experience or, or the education that any of them have, and you're not the favorite. But you're not, you're not the favorite, but guess what? You're favored. <laughs> Favor beats favored every time, Amen. And just like you shouted about that word when he gave it to you in the beginning, I'm shouting about it now. Because it's already done. It's in my hands. We need to change our perspective when we receive a word from God because God's talks in the completed sense of the word. You don't have to shout after the battle is over because the battle's already over. <laughs> okay, y'all. It's in your hands. Somebody say, it's in your hands. It's in your hands, amen. Somebody needs to know that you are a shouting distance of something or someplace that will alter or change your life forever, amen. But you have to shout about it, amen. The Israelites, they were up on Jericho, amen, and they knew they had believed the word of God, amen. They had saw the word of God, and they, they had received the word of God, and all they had to do was shout. You mean to tell me this fortified city, this heavily fortified city, this walled city, for me to get victory, all I do is shout. That's all I got to do is raise my voice. I don't have to raise my hands. <laughs> I ain't got to raise my blood pressure. I ain't got to raise up an offering. <laughs> all I got to do is shout about it. Is that what you're telling me? Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty. And just because they thought that they could put up their little walls, they didn't understand they was fighting something that was supernatural, something that was spiritual. Your walls don't mean nothing to God. <laughs> Your no don't mean nothing to God. Your backstabbing don't mean nothing to God. Your gossiping don't mean nothing to God. Your rising up against me don't mean nothing to God. Because you're not fighting me. That's the problem. People think they're fighting you. But they're fighting the favor of God, the will of God. And you'll lose every time. Amen? Every time. And so as we get into our scripture, because y'all don't feel like shouting on today. I thought we were going to tear this place up on today. Amen. But I'm glad that you listened, and I'm glad that you came. Amen. And so God has specifically given them instructions in battle. He has told them, and even going into the promised land, he said, look, I'm going to put you in this promised land, but you're going to have to run out to people that stay there. But if you don't, there'll be an irritant to your eyes, and there'll be a, a thorn in your side that will vex 
you while you're there. Amen. And if you don't do what I told you to do to them, what I had in mind for them, I'm going to do to you. And so we need to understand that, that God has put us in certain places to change things, to shift atmospheres. And, and, and we're on assignment when we go different places. And if we don't do what we were told to do in that place, the very thing that God had planned for those people who didn't change their lives, who didn't receive a change, was going to happen to you. He sees you the same as he sees them. We are separated. We are different. Amen. I love that about Caleb. Caleb, it said Caleb was different. He was obedient to God's word. Amen. He was different. We're called to be different. Amen. We are to see things different. We are to hear things different. Amen. We are to do things different. Amen. We are different. And you are to be the difference on that job. You are to be the difference in that family. Look, you're supposed to be the difference in this church. Amen? If we be honest, everybody ain't saved. If we be honest, everybody ain't come to church for the same reason. If we be honest, everybody ain't looking for change. Some people want just certain things change. But God, you can leave that alone. I, I, I'm good with that. You, you ain't got, I'm, I'm good with that. Everybody ain't here for the same reason. Amen? But the scripture that we read before is that you have to be effective where you are called to be. In Hebrews, he said, look, there's a lot more I want to tell you, but you ain't ready to hear yet. You're spiritually dull, as the message uh, interpretation said. You picked up a bad habit of not listening. <laughs> That's what it said. He said, I thought at this, by this time, you will be teachers. But as our grandmamas would say, as he continues on, you need to sit down somewhere. And somebody need to preach you, teach you the basic principles of what it means to be a Christian. At this time, I thought that you would be able to bless those that cursed you. At this time, I thought that you would be able to pray for those that spitefully use you. At this time, I thought you would be able to love your enemies. At this time, I thought you would be no better than to talk about folks, to gossip about folks. At this time. But everybody ain't growing at the same rate. And let me tell you something. Me and Brother Carl had a great conversation on Friday. I don't like to go in great details about things I talk about with people with. But my thing is this. When he talks about everyone being effective and doing what they're supposed to do, it's because they're trying. See, my heart goes out to you if you're trying and you fall down. My heart goes out to you if you're trying and you didn't make it. My heart goes out to you if you're trying and you're still struggling with certain things. My heart goes out to you. I'll ride with you every day of the week. I will take your calls. I will be there with you. But if you ain't trying, please don't call my phone. We talk, I want to talk about you, talk with you about getting better. I don't want to talk with you. 
I'm your pastor. I can't just sit up and have conversations with you about nothing. Amen? I got stuff to do, too. I work, too. Amen? And that might sound harsh. It might. But the word says we are to minister to each other. Yeah, we had a fellowship and all that. Yeah, that's cool. But if our conversations, iron, the word says iron sharpens iron, amen? And the problem for some of us is that we have an iron deficiency. We ain't got enough iron in our diet. We got Facebook in our diet. We got Snapchat and Twitter in our diet. We got blogs in our diet. But we ain't got no iron in our diet. And the reason why we keep repeating things, going through stuff, if you don't evolve, you'll revolve. If you can't evolve past that thing, you'll revolve around that thing. Every time you turn around, that thing coming back around. And you can't defeat that thing. Because you ain't got iron in your diet. You ain't got people around you that hold you accountable or responsible. You ain't in the word of God that will convict you, amen? You don't have the Holy Spirit that will convict you, Amen. And so we need to start putting people around us that's going to tell you right from wrong. Brother, I, you know, I love you. Sister, I love you. I just hate to see you doing that. Because God thinks better of you. You have an assignment. And because if you miss your assignment, somebody's going to miss their assignment. Somebody is waiting on you to get yourself together so they can get they self together. There's somebody who is an alcoholic and God delivered them from alcoholism. And there's someone who is watching their life and they say that if, I, if they can be delivered from alcohol, I can be delivered from alcohol. If they can be delivered from drugs, I can be delivered from drugs. But if we all taking drugs, <laughs> if we all getting drunk, if we all messing around, the church doesn't grow. It's stunted. So again, I ask you, in your place of preparation, how are you using your time? What are you doing to be prepared for when God said it's time to move? Can you move or are you bound? Because when they were stuck or when they was on the other side of the promise, Joshua told the people, look, tell them it's time. Tell them it's time. Tell them to get, prepare themselves. It's time. We're about to cross over. He told them to take everything that you're going to need on the other side. Somebody need to know it's time. Get yourself together. Get prepared. Take everything you need. For the other side. Don't take nothing that you don't need. Don't take haters with you. Or as we might call them spiritual uh, serial killers. They kill your dream. They kill your vision. They kill your spirit. Amen. They got bodies on top of bodies. Amen. They just hating. Or spiritual snipers. Amen. Don't take no spiritual sniper with you. They ain't man enough to do it in your face. They get over somewhere and they hiding. And they throwing shots at you. Take what you're going to need on the other side. 
Take what you're going to need to be edified on the other side. Amen? And so I got off, I got off again. I'm sorry, y'all. So what happened was Achan submitted to temptation. He took some stuff that he wasn't supposed to take. God told them not to take of the accursed thing, which is devoted thing. We are consecrated for God's use. We're consecrated for God's use. The accursed thing is devoted for God's use as well, but for destruction. And so Achan takes something that God had set aside to be destroyed. He took it, and like so many of us do, he did wrong, then he tried to hide it. Amen. He took it home, and he buried it in a hole up under uh, his tent, and he tried to hide it. Amen. And so after the victory at Jericho, we get full of ourselves. Amen. We think it's all about us, and we forget the very things that brought us victory. And so they didn't even pray or seek God when they went to Ai. They did it on their own. And they met with defeat. They got overconfident. They were like, ain't a lot of them. We ain't got to bother all our folks. We're just going to take a couple folks. We're going to go, and we're going to get them. Well, they get there, and they get defeated. They run, and they hide, and they, they all upset. And Joshua is, is on the ground. He's crying and tore his garments and all that type stuff. He fell out, done, done fell out. And God tells him, get up. The reason why y'all lost is because y'all messed up. You didn't do what I asked you not, you did what I asked you not to do, amen? You took of something that didn't belong to you. And that got me thinking about, let's, let's, get, let's go a little further. And he tells him, until you get rid of this accursed thing from amongst you, you will never get defeat again from your enemies. And it got me to thinking. And I was looking through the parables. And the parables are things that God, that Jesus said to the people for their understanding. And the purpose was because of his coming back. It was a thing that they were to do or should be doing in his absence to be ready when he comes back. Amen? You got me? And one of those things is the parable of the talents. Amen? Master, he gives five talents to one servant. He gives two talents to one servant. He gives one talent to the other servant. Amen? Uh, you, you can read it on your own. Amen? I'm, I'm, I'm picking from this. And, and the talents are like gifts. Amen? We know that God blesses us with gifts. Each person with gifts, amen. And with those gifts, we are to use those in the service of the Lord. We are to be productive with the thing that God gave us in the service of the Lord. You got me? Now, he gives one five, gives two, he gives one one. And thank you, Holy Spirit. There's somebody who's upset because they got one gift and somebody got five gifts. But the word of the Lord says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Because God will give you something 
that you can handle. And so with your one gift, you need to be happy and grateful that you got that one gift. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And so we know that the other two uh, servants with five, you know, with five, they, they multiplied their gifts. They were ready, they were able to give the master something when he came back. But the other one, he went and he buried his gift. Amen? And so that got me to thinking about the fact that gifts and talents, we don't own them. We are stewards of them. A steward is one who looks after something that was given to him, and he doesn't use it for his own gain. An owner uses something because it's in his possession. He'd use it to how he wants to use it. How many times has God given us a gift, whether it be singing, whether it be preaching, whether it be teaching, whatever it is? How many times, instead of us doing it in the service of the Lord, using it to magnify and to produce certain things, how many times have we been owners of that thing and not use that thing the way God intended us to use it? If you can sing, y'all know sometimes you can't get nobody to sing. They got the best voice, but they sing when they want to sing. Preachers, they preach when they want to preach. They won't go to a smaller church. They want the big venues and the big, the big things like that. But your gift was not yours to use for your will. Let me break it on down even a little further. Your life. Your life is a gift from God. Every morning, God gives you the gift of life. And if you go through your life, you're living your life the way that you want to live your life and the way that God does not want you to live your life, you have crossed over from being consecrated to devoted. Meaning that if you use those things that God gives you off-label for your purposes, you're not set aside for glory. You set aside for destruction. If you get, God, if you get God's glory and you don't give God all the glory and all the honor, you take God's glory. You set yourself up for destruction. It's as easy as that. The line is real, real Real small. God set lines for them. But we know that they were habitual line steppers as we may be sometimes. Amen. We cross a line every time we turn around. God draws a line. He, we over the line. Amen. God needs someone who can toe the line and not cross the line. And so he tells them, look. You have set. He, you have set. He has set, basically by his decision, he has set the people of Israel up for destruction. One individual. One individual. And we think that that's not fair. But we all carry the name Christian. We all carry the name believer. And do you know how much damage you can do to the body, one person going outside of here and doing something wrong? Harvest Worship Center. If one person in Harvest Worship Center do something wrong, it's like everybody in Harvest Worship Center did something wrong. If one person in your family does something wrong, everybody in that family generally carries the guilt and the shame of that person. And so we need to understand the circumstances and the, and, and the ramifications 
of our decisions. Our decision making. It don't just affect you, it affects so many people. And when we get that in our mind, then our decision making will be a whole lot better. And so he told him, look, you have transgressed. You have transgressed. And that word transgressed means to cross over. They crossed God. And so the reason why they couldn't stand against their enemy is because they couldn't stand before God. A lot of times the reason why we can't stand something, stand up to certain things in our life, is because we can't stand up, to, we can't stand before God. And God sees you as he sees it. So you will meet defeat because God will defeat certain things in life. He defeats negativity. If you're negative, he's going to defeat you every time. You'll never get victory. Sin. He hates sin. He comes against sin. So when you go and you try to do certain things, if you're sinful, if you have a sinful nature, he comes against you every time and you will never get victory. There are certain things in our lives that we're not getting victory in is because of the things that we have in us. Yeah, we are pilgrims in this land. This is not our home. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. And the problem is, being in the world, you have a habit of picking up on the world's stuff. Jesus overcame the world. Rules of engagement and rules of battle meant that whatever the conquered people was that the Israelites conquered, they couldn't take any of their pagan stuff into their home. We live in a fallen world, a world that Jesus has overcome. We have no business taking stuff that Jesus has defeated and putting it in our lives. There are certain ways that we talk that we shouldn't have in our life. There are certain things or certain ways that we act that shouldn't be a part of our life because it's defeated. That's the reason why we have a defeated mentality and we have defeated tones. Because we've acquired stuff that was meant for defeat. When you start taking on stuff that's meant for victory, the way you talk is different. The way you walk is different. The way you act is different. The way you think is different. When you have a person who is confident, who has confidence. There's nothing that you can tell that person to shake them up. When you're a football player, like Marquise, Marquise, you're a wide receiver, you're on the line. You've done your preparation, you've done your training. You got a DB ahead, uh, 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 um, across from you. And he's telling you that you ain't finna get off the line, you ain't finna catch the ball. Do you allow that to do anything to you? Why? Because you put the work in. You're confident. Y'all, when you put the work in and when you're confident, there's nothing that the devil can tell you. He can't tell you what you ain't going to be. He can't tell you what you ain't going to do. He can't tell you what you ain't going to get. Why? Because you got confidence. No, you don't got confidence. You got confidence. Amen. 
And so God tells them three remedies to the position that they're in. The first thing is they have to consecrate themselves. They have to purify themselves. They have to sanctify themselves. Amen. The second thing is they had to identify who was in possession of the devoted things. Who had the stuff that's messing us up? The third thing was they had to destroy the one who had the devoted things. Amen. And for some of us, there's something in our life that needs to be destroyed. Pride, flesh, selfishness, unbelief, unforgiveness. There are certain things within us that we have taken on that we shouldn't have taken on that's causing our lives to be cursed. But first, we have to consecrate ourselves. We've got to get somewhere. We've got to get before the Lord. We've got to get in his word. Amen. The second thing, we got to see what it is on the inside of us that's causing us to trouble. Who around us is causing us to trouble? What around us is causing us to trouble? What has caused me not to prosper? What has caused me not to get ahead or go forward? I need to identify that stuff, amen? And cut that off. I love you. We've been riding since 94. But what God has me going, I got to have somebody who's with me and not against me. And the third thing is, that's it. You got you to make the necessary decisions to make sure that your life is blessed and not cursed. Y'all, I know that there are certain things in our life that we want to, don't want to let go of. But is holding on to that worth not holding on to the things of God? Is he worth you missing God? Is she worth you missing God? Is that worth you missing God? Y'all, let's, let, uh, Pastor LaShawn, can you come up here? As I begin to close. Y'all, I'm here to encourage you. Because that's what we do when we're fitted together. We're knit together. We're connected. We encourage each other. That word uh, joint also means shoulder. That means support. We're here to support each other. And there are a lot of people who don't have support while they're in their place of waiting, while they're in their place of preparation. We need to be a support to people when they're going through because they don't have the strength sometimes to stand on their own. Some people don't have the strength to pray on their own. Some people don't have the strength to seek God on their own because they're so bent down and weighed down by the thing that they're carrying, that they're shouldering. Yeah, we, the church can't cross over unless church, the church crosses over together. Right. Not one individual member, but the whole church. Mm-hmm. Are you using your time wisely? Are you doing what is required in this time of waiting? 
Are you letting go of those things that are hindering your growth? Because if your growth is being hindered, the church's growth is being hindered. As we said, your decisions don't just impact you. They impact the lives of so many other people. Your yes has impacted so many people, not just yourself. Your being saved has impacted so many people. Your decision to do the right thing has impacted so many people. Your ability to get up every day and put one foot in front of the other has impacted so many people. Do you know that your presence alone changes people's dispositions? Everybody got that friend at work that if that friend or that, or that friend at school and that friend ain't there, your whole day is just ruined. You might be that person. Sometimes God will put you in the darkest, the darkest of darks so that your light can shine the brightest. Don't look at it as punishment. You are on assignment. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Y'all get a word of God up. Hand clap of praise.